Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stephen King Cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King. Each week, I'll review one entry in the bibliography of Stephen King in the chronological order of publication. And if you are listening to this episode, it is a companion piece, a bonus edition that corresponds to uh, my review of the dark half. I publish both of these reviews on the same day. What I'm going to do in this episode um, is I'm touching very faintly on the Dark Tower. Typically with bonus episodes, I, I examine the connections to the Dark Tower. Now, there aren't really any connections to uh, the world of the Dark Tower with um, with the Dark Half. I mean, there, there aren't any truly uh, explicit or strong connections, but I'm going to talk about something here that is going to spoil the end of the Dark Tower. So if you have not... Uh, finish the Dark Tower series. Um, I would stop listening now, go finish the Dark Tower series, and then come back. Um, so just be warned that this this review has heavy spoilers for the events of the Dark Tower. Um, but what I'm really talking about here, it's not really a what, it's not about connections, it's really all about Alan Pangborn. And so you might be wondering, you know, why are you talking about Alan Pangborn in a Dark Tower bonus episode? And w- what it comes down to is this. Let me put Alan into a little bit of context here. Um, Alan Pangborn is the Stephen King archetypal hero realized to his full extent. All right. I mean, he is the everyman who uh, both comes to the rescue and relies on the support of the community around him. And he is, and I'm not joking, a small town superhero elected to do good against small life wrongs but winds up on two occasions having to combat true evil as it takes on two completely disparate forms pangborn in that sense is the linchpin of the recurring nature of evil as it pertains to castle rock he's the mirror image of his predecessor george bannerman who also confronted evil in his town on two occasions um, on both occasions um, blind to it first with Frank Dodd and later with Cujo, whose rage decimates the small town sheriff. Pangborn is the answer to the growing threat of the Stephen King universe. As the evil evolves and grows stronger, so do the heroes that are called to combat it. George Bannerman was already in existence when the evils of King's books began to manifest. From a metatextual standpoint, with the evils being so fresh, Bannerman was ill-prepared for its threat and was consumed by it. Conversely, Pangborn is elected after our understanding of the evils within King's previous works and is ready to face the danger. Not only uh, does he symbolize the cycle of evil, but his appearance also reinforces the duality and doubling present within the Dark Half. One, he's a character who stands against evil twice. Secondly, he's the second sheriff to do so. However, he's the one to break the hold that evil has maintained, which is why Needful Things is considered the last Castle Rock story. Though we see it again, it's the last time evil comes to that town or is born from that town because Alan Pangborn drove it away. Pangborn is unlike the Ben Mearses, the Giant Smiths, or other well-intentioned, good-hearted, small-town main characters because, you know, aside from Jack Sawyer and um, Father Callahan, 
He's the only one to come back to star in a book more than once. The difference is key, because while in my other reviews I may have referred to other characters as heroes, I was inadvertently doing Alan Pangborn a disservice because Alan is a hero. He's a modern-day knight, or the superhero like I mentioned earlier, who will fight the supervillainy that comes to town whether it's the resurrected ghost of a person who never existed or the devil himself. I, just look at how King writes him. Um, in the dark half, on page uh, 239, when he's coming home, King writes, He started upstairs, shoes held in one hand, moving with a smoothness, smooth, sorry, moving with a smoothness that made him seem almost to float. His body possessed a deep grace, the exact opposite of Thad Beaumont's clumsiness, which, rarely, with, which Alan rarely showed. His flesh seemed to know some arcane secret of motion which his mind found somehow embarrassing. Now, in this silence, there was no need to hide it, and he moved with a shadowy ease that was almost macabre. I mean, and, and not only does he have this, this like, superhuman grace, um, which makes him, like, this, this small-town ninja, we learn in Needful Things that his shadow puppet ability isn't just a party trick. It's a demonstration of deep magic that he possesses. Alan Pangborn is a very, very powerful agent of the White. Alan had the potential to be Stephen King's Jack Ryan, his repairman Jack, Charlie Parker, Happen Leonard, or Agent Pendergast. While we had seven, no seven novels following Roland the Last Gunslinger, the novels re read like one continuous story. Alan Pangborn's stories, however, the two ones that exist, I mean, read like episodic adventures. And while it's a relief that the character who suffers immensely um, between the pages of the books... I'm glad that he's given a happy ending. I mean, it's a missed opportunity to experience the adventures of a small-town cop battling the forces of the netherworld time and time again. That would have been awesome. I would love that for Stephen King to publish books and on the cover for it to say an Alan Pangborn novel. It would have been incredible. Um, and I had just mentioned the white... Um, and so it, it does tie in a little bit to the Dark Tower here in the sense that the white is that all-encompassing force of good that combats um, the Crimson King and, you know, all of the darkness out there and, and, and our characters in the Stephen King universe, the good ones, uh, the ones, the forces of good, they're, they're emboldened and empowered by uh, the, the, the white. And it's clear that that is what um, Alan is. He's a conduit for this, this power. And... So, the reason why this is a bonus episode um, is because of this right here. Because when I first read, I think I read Needful Things first, um, and then The Dark Half, but I think that's the order that I did it. Um, regardless, I really took a liking to this character. And his abilities and his awesomeness... Because he loomed so large in my mind, because he had defeated Leland Gaunt, uh, who happened to be one of the most powerful incarnations of evil depicted in a Stephen King novel, because you know he had the distinction of playing a significant role in two Stephen King novels, which was a rarity in the chronology of Stephen King, I always kept hoping 
right up until the very, very end of the Dark Tower series that Roland, while following the beam, would cross over into Castle Rock, whereupon he'd realize that his quartet wasn't complete until Alan Pangborn joined, you know, or at least helped him in a significant adventure. Um, you know, because Castle Rock had been such a defining aspect of King's works, because Pangborn became its figurehead, and because the Dark Tower was the culmination of a decades-long journey, I strongly expected a convergence. Um, and I've spoken before about how that Avengers-style mashup never happened, that I, you know, there was a disappointment that I felt. And that's one of the reasons why I'm excited to continue, you know, rereading for the podcast is because I'm now reading with a uh, very specific purpose for with a critical lens. And so if I'm objective about things, I, I might be able to see the, the, the last three remaining books of The Dark Tower a lot differently. But I had expected... Alan Pangborn to show back up. Uh, and, you know, shame on me because there was nothing that hinted at that. It was just my hopes and it was my wishful uh, thinking. But honestly, I mean, there are, I, I believe off the top of my head, I mean, not that I believe off the top of my head, I mean, I know there are scenes in the, the final three books that take place in small town Maine um, in our world. And I just couldn't help but think that it really wouldn't, at the time, at the time I thought this, um, that it wouldn't really have changed much of the trajectory of the novel if it had just taken place in Castle Rock. Um, and the shootouts that occur, like how awesome it would have been if Roland and his quartet were just saved all of a sudden by Alan Pangborn rolling up. Um, you know, it, 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 it just, it could have been great, you know? I mean, and for Alan to, to talk to Roland and discuss what had happened in Needful Things and, you know, for him to talk about Leland gone, you know, and how cool it would have been if, like, Roland, you know, responded or thought about how that reminded him of a merchant um, in Gilead or um, tales of a merchant that would travel through um, the baronies, you know, and, and, and give you a, a, you know, an item for your soul. You know, it just would have given that, 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 that gravitas, um, and that, that deep connection, um, to the Dark Tower universe. And, you know, I mean, it was hinted that, uh, Leland Gaunt was from the world of Roland and, you know, was a wizard or a demon. And, um, you know, that he's very similar in some regard to Randall Flagg and, you know, I mean, so it, it wouldn't have been out of the question, and because it was in the realm of possibilities, my mind had just kind of constructed it to become a probability. And so, like I said, it's shame on me for thinking that that's the way it was going to shake out. But still, um, Alan Pangborn is, he's awesome. He's an awesome, awesome character. And like I said, he's the archetypal Stephen King small town hero realized to his fullest potential. I mean, we've seen all these other characters that have just kind of been... He's good people in small towns, but he's the first one that just, he becomes the superhero of the small town. And that's awesome. So, uh, should this have been a bonus episode? I, I don't know. Um, I probably could have just tacked it on to the Dark Half review, but I, I just didn't want to give away really too much of the ending of of, um, of the Dark Tower. So, it's very short, guys. That's all I've got. Um, and then uh, make sure you stick around next week as I launch into the big one. Everybody, uh, you know what I'm talking about. With 1989, we are leaving behind the 1980s. And we're moving 
1990, um, which Stephen King kicks off with a bang with the end of the world, with his re-release, the unabridged edition of what many consider to be his greatest novel ever written. That, of course, is The Stand. So make sure that you come back next week for my review of The Stand. Um, and if you haven't done so already, uh, feel free to write a review on iTunes. Send me an email on uh, at yahoo.com. Follow me on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, all Stephen Kingcast. And uh, I'll see you here, guys and gals and everyone. Um, same King time, same King channel, Stephen Kingcast. I'm